This morning we'll be reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the street. Before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. This is God's word. We're coming to the end of an amazing, amazing book, the Word of God. And there's such rich lessons. Dan and I get to close this off in the next two weeks and bring home, I pray and hope, some of the most powerful spiritual truths that you will ever hear in your life. This phrase that opens our passage today that that, that just it resonates in my mind and heart. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. So powerful, so profound. It, it is, in many ways, one of the great lessons of this passage. Solomon was a man who uh, God, I believe, gave every material blessing on this planet. He had wisdom and understanding. He had power and fame. He had money. He had uh, vast things that he accomplished through building. Uh, he was wise beyond uh, anyone who ever lived or walked on this planet, most likely, except maybe Jesus. But he was a man who possessed so much in this world. And, and he even went on to say these words, which are so profound. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. Can you imagine that living? Everything you desire in this world, you could have. That's what Solomon had. Everything. He held back his heart from nothing. He goes on to say, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. That's from chapter 2, verse 10. And his conclusion of living in that world in that way is this simply. It's all vanity. It's vapor. It's a mist. And I believe God brought Solomon to that place to teach us and all generations this impressive, incredibly profound message. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. And if you do that, you'll still remember him in the days of your middle age and your old age. So that's the heart of the message today. This should have profound, profound, profound impact on our lives. And he will illustrate that and, and build it out for us in the text today. And he will give us 
the solution, the remedy to vanity. He will. I've got to tell you that I lived uh, almost 30 years of my life living for the things that Solomon lived for. The power, the prestige, the stuff of this world that, that I thought I'd been taught would bring me satisfaction and wholeness and completion in life. You know, I got a great education, had a great job, was climbing up the corporate ladder. We lived in a 5,000 square foot, one level home on a five acre tract. We had everything you could want in life. I was climbing the ladder. There was a VP position available. I was active politically, had some influence growing in that area. All of the things the world tells you bring satisfaction, fulfillment, and happiness. But I'm here preaching today. You know something changed in my life, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, so uh, God, God just works in such powerful, amazing ways. And, you know, I know some of you probably have been on that path where you've pursued the wealth and, and, and all of the riches and goodness of this world. And there are many, and they are good, but they need to be held in the right context. We'll talk about that today. You've pursued that path, and you've turned away to other things. Some of you are still pursuing that path, and, and I want this passage today to bring a conviction to your heart about maybe considering uh, modifying that direction a bit. Some of you haven't started on that path yet. You're young, you're, you're thinking, you're looking. Boy, if I can just grab all the gusto in life, I'll have it made. Uh, I, I pray this passage will bring great insight and meaning to you. God, I want to remind you, uh, took Solomon, he put him in a place where he possessed everything this world offers, and he called it all vanity. And as he grew older, I, I think this book in many ways is a reflection and some ways regretful that he turned away from his God, that he literally did forget his God in the course of his life. And so we learn from his lessons that the things of this world will never fully completely satisfy. And that is the message that is before us today. The book opens with an imperative. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. It really breaks itself down in three ways. And the clue to each of these sections is the word before. Remember your creator before the loss of pleasure. Remember your creator before the loss of physical health. And remember your creator before the loss of life. Those are non-negotiables for all of us. We will all grow older, we will all face the loss of pleasure because of the physical changes in our lives, we will all lose physical health to one degree or another, and we will all die. That's guaranteed. Unless Jesus comes, or, yeah. So anyway, depending on your eschatology. So, <laughs> the reality is, uh, Let's pay attention to what Solomon says in these very profound words. He begins first with this issue of the loss of pleasure. Allow it to inform our lives even now. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Solomon, through his vast wisdom, is, is telling us all of the the, the eating and the drinking and the pleasures of this life 
They're good. We've heard that over and over and over again. If they're done without remembering the source from which they came will be nothing but vanity, a vapor. So he lays out before us to remember them. This is a command, uh, 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 an imperative. While we're young, while, while the very habits and patterns of our lives are being shaped and trust, hoping that those will continue on in life. The, the idea of remember on the slide behind me, it means to think about, to meditate upon, to pay attention to, to recollect regularly, often, frequently, habitually, repeatedly. So, so remembering should just be a pattern of our lives, and we'll talk more about what that looks like in, in a bit. But it is so important that we remember him or we will be swept away as Solomon was by the power of the desires of this world. The passions, the pleasures that swept him away will sweep us away as well. We must continue to remember Jesus at all times and in all ways. Solomon uses the word creator here, and it's just so, God's word's always amazing, but it's amazing that he took this word and put it right in the center of this text. Remember your creator, because everything flows from our creator. The, the, the magnificent God whom we worship today. He made it all. He sustains it all. He preserves it all. He's created us in a way that it is for us. It's his gift to us. And the problem is in life, if we forget that, if we focus on the, the things of this world, the pleasures, the desires, the things that are uh, so appealing to the flesh, we will miss the creator. And we will miss the greatest gift God has himself. And so that's why this passage in this book has, is, is so powerful for us today in the midst of the materialistic world we live in that says the pleasures are what it's all about. Go for it. Go for it. He reminds us before the evil days come, when, when we grow older, as we age, uh, the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure. What he's reminding us of is as we grow older without God, there will be a time in our life when we will not find the pleasures that we have now. Youth is full of excitement and, and energy and good experiences and on and on we could go and, and rejoice in those things. They're They're amazing. But if that's all we live for, we will lose sight of the greater things God has for us. As we age, we'll, we'll lose sight of, of being able to maybe complete some of our dreams or, or to fulfill the desires of our hearts in ways that uh, we'd hoped to over the years. And all of this leads us into despair and discouragement and a loss of any sense of joy as a result of the pleasures and the desires of life. So, so how might we counteract that a bit? This is kind of a practical step. What might I do as I go through life? And I, I was just trying to think through this. How has a, being a child of the creator who seeks to remember him, what, what might I do to remember him more, uh, more faithfully, more regularly, maybe all the time? And, and I was, as I was thinking about this, uh, <laughs> you know what, what God has given us in, in the body that he's created for us is this amazing ability to taste foods that are off the chart. 
What was, just think for a moment, what was the last thing that you ate that was just amazing? You savored it. You didn't want the meal to end. You, you, you just literally, you know, the, the saliva was dripping off your lips. It was so good. You know, and God, I want you to think about that for a moment. God gave you the ability to taste that and savor it and enjoy it. And, and, and he made you with the capacity and the ability to do that. But he also made that which is pleasurable to you. If it was a T-bone steak or a burger, whatever it is, he made that as well. He, remember, he's the what? Say it. Creator. He knows what he's doing. And not only did he do that, what? He takes that and he sustains our life with it. Yesterday we had lunch and there were no, no less than six, six things on my plate. Oh, sweet corn. It's, it's ready. And just, just, oh, so good. And we had something off the grill, some meat off the grill, and it just oh, it was so amazing. And some fresh beans. You know, I could go on and on. But the, the amazing thing is that every one of them tasted different and every one of them was delightful. And God has given us and created these blessings and these gifts in this way. Isn't that amazing? Say amen. Yeah. Yeah, when you have lunch today, just think about the ability to taste, the ability that you have it in front of you, and that it's going to help you continue to live. Just amazing stuff that God has done. You know, uh, uh, I think it's Friday night, Jolene called me out front, and there was this incredible sunset. And, and the sun was hanging low, and there were clouds, and, and the beautiful red, red kind of... Uh, uh, Aura from the sun shot up through the clouds. It was just amazing. I don't know if you've seen beautiful sunsets, beautiful places uh, on this planet where you've gone and visited and just beautiful creations, works of art, that kind of thing. Think about, remember, the creator did what? He gave you eyes that enabled you to see color and beauty. He created color and beauty. He even created people who could create color and beauty for what? Your blessing, your delight, your pleasure. So I just want to encourage us to begin to think a little bit different. Maybe you've already done this. Maybe you do it every day. Maybe you do it all the time. If you do, praise God for that. I don't. I have failed to delight in my creator in this way and to remember him as I savor a food or as I look at the beauty of what he's made. Well, let's move on to remember him. Remember to remember him before the loss of health. And in this passage, uh, Solomon uh, points out a number of things that come along with declining health. And, and I reinserted verse one here because it's so important. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the sun and the light and the moons and the stars are darkened and the clouds return to the rain or after the rain, in the days when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors of the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low and, <clears throat> and one raises up at the sound of the birds and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high and tares are in the way the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags himself along, and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. 
Solomon here brings us back to understand as well, not only will pleasure and desire be taken from us as we age and grow, uh, they are great when we're with him, but there's a time coming when our physical health will be gone as well. Uh, We will grow old, and it will be hard to do the things that we've enjoyed doing throughout the course of our life. This picture of, of the, the sun and, and, and the stars and the moon and the light are all pictures of the joy of life. How, how amazing it is to go out on a bright day and, and just relish the warmth and, and, and to go out on a clear night and see the moon and the stars and rejoice in, in, in all that's there and its beauty, especially when you're in the mountains. And he says, those things will begin to diminish. They, they will be overcast by clouds that will come. And as we grow older, those clouds will come more often. Uh, Jolene has a bone-on-bone knee that hurts her. She walks through that pain, but sometimes things happen that that pain returns. And she has to work through it again. And it's, it's like that cloud that comes over her life. Or if you have re- reoccurring problems with health, it's like the cloud that comes over your life. And, and he says, uh, just remember your creator during those times. There are going to be times when it's hard to live in this world uh, because of the decline of age. But remember your creator Find your strength in him. He goes on in verse 3 to say, In the day when the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men are bent, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed. The idea here is that the, the, uh, the keepers of the, uh, of the house are probably our arms, and we're strong, we're able to defend ourselves. The, the uh, next thing he mentions are the strong men are bent, probably speaking of our legs that begin to weary with age and are no longer as strong as they used to be. The grinder cease are certainly our teeth, and when they're few, uh, they make eating and savoring food very difficult. And then lastly, the idea here of the windows dimming is that our eyes may be cataracts, may be hardening of the lens, but we lose vision uh, as we've known it. Now, we live in a culture where a lot of these things can be remedied by modern medicine, and we're grateful for that. But understand, we're all going to still suffer from the effects of those. So remember your creator during those times. Verse 4, he says, And the doors uh, on the streets are shut when the sound of grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of the birds, and all the daughters of song are brought low. Here what's in view, I believe, is that as you grow older, uh, you're not able to be out. You're not as engaged in the economy and culture and things that go on in life. Jolene's mother's 96. The only time she goes out is if somebody takes her. She can't go out on her own. And, And that's what life will become. And we're called to remember him in these days. Also, when the sounding of grinding runs low speaks of probably the loss of hearing and and the inability to hear all the activities and busyness of life. Uh, The rising up at the sound of a bird probably speaks of the insomnia that comes in older age and the fact that the daughters of song are brought low means the inability to sing and enter into praise and joyous uh, singing and glad celebration. All of these are diminished and more diminished as we grow older. Verse 5 says, they are afraid of what is high, and tares are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, and the grasshopper drags himself along, and desire fails. The picture here is, is, is that of uh, growing so old that you're afraid of heights, 
I do not get up on 20-foot ladders anymore. Uh, I used to climb up and down them and never gave a thought to it. But when those ladders shake, I become fearful. Uh, you're just afraid of heights to a degree. You're afraid, it says, to even uh, uh, go out uh, tears in the way. You know, we can go out in the streets. Maybe we can't respond quick enough in traffic or, or get out of the way of something that's coming toward us or somebody wants to assault us. We're just not physically able to do the things that are there before us. The picture of the almond tree blossom is, is a picture of your hair growing uh, more white or gray, like mine is. Uh, the grasshopper drags himself along. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen a grasshopper that's dying and, and he's limping along on one leg, dragging himself. It's a picture of growing old. A few months ago, I was in the uh, cardiac center at uh, University Healthcare over in Loveland, and, and I just I, I had some time there while J- Jolene's brother was being examined. But watching the older folks come in and go out, and most of them had a cane or a walker or were in wheelchairs. And that's what looms for those of us in this life that live to that point. A grasshopper drags himself along and desire fades. This is sexual desire. It will pass away. These are some of the symptoms, the things that will accompany growing older in our culture. And he wraps up this section with these words, because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. And What Solomon is saying here is he's speaking of the finality of life. We are going. This word going is important here. We're on a path, you and I, toward death. I'm sorry, this is morbid, but I think we need to face it. And we'll talk more about it in a bit. But the reality is uh, we're going on a path that leads only to one place, death. And the finality of death is unquestionable. And it is irreversible. We're all going there someday. Some sooner, like me, some later, like you. Thanks, Josh, for reminding me I just have less youth than other folks. So that that really really made my week work. (laughs) I'm just less young than you guys. So anyway, just this idea that uh, death comes and then mourning follows it. There's a grief. We, We lose friends. We lose family. And this is what death is, and are we ready to face it? Are, are we ready to live with that? He, he amplifies that more in the next section. But right now, it's about the decline of physical health. So as we think about that, I'm just trying to think, how do we remember our Creator in, in, in light of this? You know, and the one thing that came to my mind was this, this, this reality that, that God has given us this amazing body a musculoskeletal system that's innervated throughout our body. We have a brain. You know, the reality is we pretty much can go do whatever we want to do almost without thinking, and that's the problem. We can go do it, and then all of a sudden, oh, man, that's pretty cool. Uh, We are so innately equipped by our glorious God that we can go and do stuff with with little physical exertion even as we grow older in life. You know, like we can go climb a mountain and, and then we praise God when we look out over the, the beautiful vista of what we see at the top of that mountain, but we fail to thank him for the ability to climb up the mountain. 
Our bodies are so unique and so empowered by God to accomplish those things for which we're here on earth. And yes, they're going to grow old, but if we cultivate and develop a pattern now of thanking him for what we possess, for what he's given us, for the ability to come and go and do uh, the things that uh, we have been led to do, it's amazing. I was thinking about this in, you know, some kind of home projects. You know, it's so cool when you finish a job at home and, and you, you're, man, that's, I'm glad that's done. Don't have to deal with that anymore. But do we stop and thank God for the physical ability to do it? For, for the mind that he's allowed us to think through the steps in the process of, of, of being able to accomplish tasks that sometimes are difficult Remember your creator in these days. He's given you amazing gifts in your body, in your life. And he brings you to places where you can rejoice in him and celebrate that. So remember to remember him. He's made us for this. And when we go through these pleasures and desires and these amazing things in life that Solomon was able to go through, what we need to do is celebrate the goodness of God, worship him, thank him, remember him, live for him in these times. All of this will be such a blessing to us. Solomon ends this passage in verses 6 and 7 by... uh, calling us and challenging us to remember to remember before the loss of life that thing that's coming for all of us remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the picture is shattered of the or the fountain or the wheel is broken at the at the cistern and dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to god who gave it the picture here is the finality of death. And uh, what Solomon's done in this picture is the, the value and, and the great worth of life he portrays in the silver and gold of the bowl and the cord. But when they break and the bowl is broken or when the, the, uh, the cord that holds up the, the jug that draws water from the well is broken, they can't be put back together. Uh, and again, it's that irreversibility, that finality of death that's coming to all of us. And how do we face that? What do we do with that? That's the challenge that we must think through. And again, the point is, if we've remembered God from our youth, if we've walked with God through these times, he will be there with us through the ends of our life. And we want to talk more about that point. But, but remember if we live without that great, incredible truth, we forget him, we live for the pleasure of this world, it will be what? Vanity. It will be vapor. We'll have a a little celebration because it tastes good. We'll have a little celebration because uh, it felt good. It was entertaining. It was whatever. We'll make merry. But the reality is, that's all there is in it. There's no desire and no wholeness because we don't recognize it came from the hand of the God who loves us. And it's purposed to make us be able to enjoy it, but also given these things to us for our enjoyment. Amazing. You know, none of us have faced death yet, not personally. I mean, we've lost family members, and so we really do need to think about this a bit. I think in... uh, I think what Solomon is laying for us is a path of warning to one degree. A path that's built out of his own regret for having forgotten his God, 
through part of his life. I, I don't know about you, but I've certainly done that. I'm guessing some of you have at times. And it's just so important to be brought back to this hard truth, this great reality that death, death is out there. It's irreversible. It is a path we are all on. No matter how young or old you are, we're all literally in a process of dying. Be warned. Take these words seriously. Everything about God is true. You know, I, I love this passage from Romans 1, 19 through 20. He says this, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them for His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and in the things that have been made. So they are, we are, without excuse. Everything in this planet He's made. Every ear of corn. Every animal that provides meat and sustenance for us. Every sunrise, every sunset. Every ability you possess to know Him, worship Him, serve Him is from His good hand. Not only has He made you to enjoy it, relish it, find pleasure in it, delight in it, He's also given it to you in a way that you can do that. Celebrate it, rejoice in it, and be glad for it, and remember Him. You know, nobody in our culture likes to talk about death. And, uh, you know, when we were talking about who's going to preach this, they got the oldest guy in the church to do that, so, uh, and his wife to read Scripture. But I try, I try to look young. I even bought skinny jeans. Say, whoa, skinny jeans. I didn't even know what skinny jeans were until I came to this church. But, but anyway, uh, so uh, we, we do that to kind of cling to youth and cling to this life. And, and the challenge for us is this life is what we know. This life is what has gripped our heart, our experience, our, our, our um, aspirations, our hopes, our joys. It's this life, and it's the things we've talked about, the pleasures, the joys, the eating, the drinking, the merriment. That's what we know. Why we don't think about death, why we refuse to talk about death, is because this is what we know, and that we're not so sure of, right? Yeah, it's unknown to us. It's uncertain to us. Well, I want to share some thoughts with you about this as, as we wrap up this morning. And I've shared this briefly before, but the thing that brought me to faith in Jesus Christ was a fear of death. I began to have some physical symptoms I couldn't explain and the doctor couldn't fix. And for six months, I, I mean, I feared death. Every time I thought about death, I was horrified until I met Jesus. He was the only solution to a fear of death. And, and so I, I want us to just look at this thing called death through the eyes of Jesus and, and through the hope we have in him. He's our creator. He's our sustainer. He's our provider. He said, what? When you die, I'm going to go take you to be with me. That's our hope. And, and so to begin to look beyond death in this life and the horrors of it and the, the difficulties of it and, and the loss that it brings, begin to look more toward him. George MacDonald wrote in one of his books these words that I think are just so profound. He said, this life is the wind-blown porch of eternity. This life 
is the windblown porch of eternity. As I've shared with you my, uh, my fear of death, and a year ago I read a biography of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones uh, for many reasons, but uh, I so appreciate his writings and his teachings, and I wanted to know more about his life. And when I got to the last chapter, it was entitled, Dying He Worshipped. And I will tell you, I wept through that entire last chapter because of the way this man of faith faced his death. Here's a quote from his book, his biography. He said, I am grateful to God that I have been given this time. We do not give enough time to death and to our going on. It is a very strange thing, this the one certainty, listen to those words, there is one certainty in this life, we will die. It is a strange thing, this one certainty, yet we do not think about it. We're too busy. We allow life and the circumstances so to occupy us that we do not stop and think. People say about sudden death, it's a wonderful way to go. I have come to the conclusion that that is quite wrong. I think the way we go out of this world is very important and that it is my great desire now that may perhaps be able to bear a greater testimony than ever before. Death is not something to slip past. It should be victorious. I am grateful, therefore, for this experience. I got to tell you, I don't look at death that way. This was a man of great faith. And I wept through my fear as I read those words. His biographer, Ian Murray, went on to say, all this was not said with an air of sadness, nor with the slightest degree of resignation to the inevitable. His whole attitude was one of thankfulness and of expectation, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. And this is something that belongs to every one of us if we are in Christ. We can face death in that same way. It is our victory in Him as we sing earlier in the service. A few more words from MLJ. When you come and listen to these, when you come to where I am, there is only one thing that matters. This is your relationship to Him and your knowledge of Him. Nothing else matters. All our righteousness are as filthy rags. Our best works are tainted. We are sinners saved by grace. We are debtors to mercy alone. Is that all that matters in your life? God, I pray, help us all to grow in that great truth. I just want to remind you to remember your creator in the midst of any and all pleasures. He's made you to experience and relish pleasure and then he's provided pleasure for you to experience and relish. Isn't that incredible? Remember your creator as, as your life and, and your health is slipping away. 
I, I heard a funny story one, one time about a guy, you know, the black book, everybody had girls in their black book. He says, as I got older, all the names in my little black book end in MD. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but the idea is we're growing old, but we're also growing old to meet him. We can rejoice in life at whatever level, whatever place, whatever we're able to experience and rejoice in. We can celebrate that, be thankful, remember him. You know, and I've often thought, why does God allow us to die? Why does he take us through that path? And the only answer I've ever come up with is to loosen the moorings we have to this world and prepare us to cling to him. So may we cling to him as life is slipping away and we see physical things leaving us. Remember your creator as well as you face death. Stop thinking of death as the end of your life, this life, but think of it as going to be with him to a greater, more blessed, more amazing life than we could ever, ever envision. To be with him, to be with Jesus, to see Jesus face to face. Remember to remember and be glad. And Let's all go out of this world with the greatest possible testimony that we can. And lastly, let me say one thing. You cannot remember someone you do not know. Does that make sense? This message, these truths are for those who have put their faith in the perfect, complete, finished work of Jesus Christ. If you know him, you can remember your creator. If you don't know him, you can't remember him. So the challenge is always not just grow in faith, but be certain that you are of the faith. Reach out to people who need him in this same journey of life that we all are embracing. I can't say it more simply. You cannot remember someone you do not know. Believe. Let me pray. Father, so grateful for your work, the moving of your spirit, the truths that Solomon pinned for us at the end, I assume, of his life and of the culmination of his experience. God, imprint this word in our minds, these words. Remember your creator. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. We thank you, Father, that you have created us and sustained us and provided every good, amazing, wonderful thing in this life. May we celebrate it. May we eat, drink, and rejoice because it's all from your good, gracious, and faithful, loving hand. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.